0: Welcome to the Wolverine Digest podcast, the best spot for objective and authentic coverage of Michigan athletics. If you want open dialogue, honest opinions, and in-depth coverage of the Maze and Blue, this is the podcast for you. And now,
1: here's your host, Brandon Brown, joined as always by Chris Bryant
0: i just want to start by saying go blue that feels yeah. fitting today. actually being a little bit of a slap feels fitting today you see people talking about it in the comments you've seen a little trickle of some stuff coming out from the official michigan football twitter account today is the first day of fall camp dude the first Woo. day of fall camp the first day of fall camp
1: I know I'm excited. Dude, do you realize we're only like a few weeks away from being like back at it four days a week? Yeah. Loaded schedule. Are we even going to be able to function with a loaded schedule? I've been struggling this,
0: this summer. (laughs) Well, it's like, it's, you know, it's, it's like, it's like every year when you think back to when you were in school, dude, you, you go home for summer vacation, you turn into whatever the hell the summer version is of yourself. Just a, and, then loser. and then the school year starts back up and you, you go. And that's exactly what we're about to do. We got a little taste of it, dude, over the last week and a half where we were road dogging it all the way from Indy to Mackinac back home, back to here to there to wherever. So I think we'll be fine. I'm with you. The slow times are are slow times, though. I mean, I don't really like it. It, You know, you and I are constantly talking back and forth, like, what are you putting up today? What do we got today? What's interesting? (laughs) What's going on? Anything soon enough, we will be drinking from a fire hose. And I like that, man. I I like having so much stuff to talk about. I like having tons of things to look at. The upcoming opponent, the previous game, standout performances, a little bit of everything. And it all got going today, man. All of it got going today, the first day of fall camp. And you know, the guys are out there running around a little bit. They're not in full pads, they're not smacking each other just yet, but that's coming. And uh now you're just you're just counting the days. You're just counting it's a it's a month. We have one month from today. We will be at the big house watching that season opener, dude. And I can't wait.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's well I I feel like I always there's always a moment where like I go back to last year, I remember doing the show with you. And we were, it was, it was around the 72 day mark. And I, I keep just thinking back to like, we talked about 72 days and then how quickly the season came and went, and now here we are entering year two and we're under 30 days. And I mean, it just, man, it goes by so, so fast. Like the off season feels like it takes so long. And then all of a sudden you're here and you're like, shit, we only got 30 days until, until game day, man. We got to get ready.
0: I know, man. I know that it's it's exciting. There's a confidence around the team right now. We're going to get into that a little bit later. It That's certainly kind of what we're going yeah. to close with. And and for good reason. I mean, for very good reason. Obviously, when you look at what happened last year, how the schedule looks this year, how the roster shakes out this year. I, I'm I'm super excited about it. And we're going to get into some of those specifics as we go along today. And then kind of close with a discussion about the confidence level and about what we're thinking and feeling and seeing and comparing it. You know, it's weird. I feel like the team was super confident last year, but nobody else really was. I mean, you and I certainly weren't thinking like, you know, 12 and two, like, like they ended no, up doing no. But now. I'm like, yeah, 12 and two, like, at least like, get it, do it <laughs> at <laughs> go, least. Go, right. Go, that's go go, go, go. you know, I'm starting sure, to yeah. think, I'm
1: starting to think that's pretty close to like, if it's not that it's going to be, you know, you start to look at the schedule and it's like, well, where the hell would the other losses come from? And yeah. 12 and two seems like a very realistic possibility, almost to the point where that's, you know, anything less than that would be pretty disappointing.
0: Yeah. So, so that's kind of where things are as, as fall camp kicks off as the season gets closer and closer. We were talking about this today as we were kind of mapping out the month of August. I got, I got kind of some stuff coming up. My wife is out of town right now. So my dad, my mom are here helping me with the little man. And then there's a weekend of uh, a weekend getaway for me and my fellows that we you know we get together every summer and try to hang out a little bit and then there's a family vacation mixed in there. So the month of August is a little busy for me in terms of some other stuff but we talked about today dude availabilities are coming we're going to get yep. we're going to get the coaches we're going to get some players we're going to try to talk to some of the players leading up to the first game like we have in the past mm-hmm. with some interview situations and it's all it's all coming it's all coming I know people are excited about it I am as well And, uh, yeah, we're just looking forward to like, it's, it's only, it's not the majority of the year, but it feels like the normal part of the year. Like it feels like things are getting back to normal when we get into football season and we can really get after it and grind. And I'm super excited. We'll talk about that for just a brief second. I don't know if we want to say too much. It's not like a secret, but our approach this year changing just a tiny bit and I'm super excited about it. And I know you are too. I don't know. Like do we want to let the whole cat out of the bag or is it, I mean, is it really a secret at this point? I don't, well, I don't think
1: I would just say, yeah. I mean, we, the way that we brought coverage last year, I think was, was unique, you know, in the sense that we do the live broadcast every um, every Saturday after the game on location, usually from the press box, we're going to be switching that up a little bit this year. We're still going to be coming live post game. Uh, It's going to look a little bit different. I think it's going to be a little more dynamic. And I think that, and I had referenced this a little bit, but I think some of the post game um, content that we're going to be coming out with this year is going to be a game changer for Dog. fans. It's going to it's going to give you guys an, an opportunity to see the game from a different perspective, to experience it a different way, and then some of the other things uh, that we're going to do post game are going to be pretty cool. So I'm, I'm that's all I'm willing to say at this point. I think we got a good thing that we're cooking up here, and I'm excited to show it to people. Yeah, that's another so cool. thing that that's one of those drops, right? I'm excited to show it, show it to the crowd, pull it out, show it to you. Six
0: fifteen. Six fifteen on the broadcast. We will try. I Me and Chris were talking about this. We've got I've got my soundboard over here. I've got dog. You know, dog. I've got
1: what happens if we went out, huh?
0: I've got <laughs> you know, we got oh sorry, one more slurp. We hey, got harbaugh. Sex?
1: sex addiction or something.
0: Of course you it's got boom. Whenever, whenever Chris tries to make a point. You know, I mean, we've got some stuff. <laughs> Pulled it out, showed it to you. So yeah. we were we were laughing and kind of joking around. We don't have very many of us. I think there's only three. I think it's this one with Chris. Pulled it out, showed it to you. Massage the teat. <laughs> Get it? I gotta I gotta try to
1: t- t- massage the teat a little. It's bit. It's
0: all about teats. I think that's it. I think those all are the of our drops tea. of us are about teats.
1: Two thirds of our own
0: up. homemade drops are about our teat centric. That's you know, it's probably a little much, but we'll uh, we'll see. You know, sixty six percent of your drops are about teats. You probably I don't know. probably <laughs> focus on something else. So we're going to try to do that. Try to I'm going to try to keep track of when one of us says something real stupid or real funny or real, uh, you know, which you happens often.
1: Happens it often. does. It
0: happens a lot. We talk about it after we get done, and then we I never go back and do anything with it. So six fifteen to pull it out, whip it. Whatever you said, we'll we'll get it on there. There we go. We'll have it for moving forward. All right. Here's what we're gonna do. It is August third. This is my third year as the publisher of this website. And Chris, you were you were along for the ride in 2020, but it wasn't like it was last year, obviously. But I'm still gonna call this the third season that we're getting going here. So August third, sure. it's the third season. We're gonna do a three by three. We're gonna do a three pack of three questions surrounding the team going into this year, going into fall camp, and we're going to have a little background music to get us going and accompany Ooh. us. The first thing, Chris, the first thing I want to do is ask each other three questions that are surrounding this team as fall camp starts. If you are sitting in Beckler Hall, in Glick House, out on the outdoor fields, what questions would you be asking and what answers would you be looking for And the quarterback battle is off limits because that's everybody's question. We all know that. What the hell's going on with JJ and Cade? That's off limits. I want to ask some of the other – I swear to God that always sounds so loud in my headphones, but I know it's not. (laughs) It's just the way it comes through on my head, and it's blowing my drums out. So, Chris, would you like to get started or should I? Yeah, are we going to alternate or am I going to go all three and you do all three? I think we alternate, so we'll take turns like we typically do and we'll go like that.
1: Let's see how many we can't – just for people that are out there, we don't go over these lists together beforehand. So if we we cross paths a little bit, that's just the nature of the game. I'll start us off. My first big question is, Brandon, who's going to emerge as a leader on the defensive line alongside
0: Mozzie Smith? That oh, next that's, a guy. Question. <laughs> that's a great question. Thank you, Andrew Luck. Um feels like Mike Morris. Feels like Mike Morris, man. I mean, he, you know, he's gonna play a lot. Big dude. Got a good personality, kinda of vocal, kinda of loud. You saw a little bit of that when we hung out with them at the uh well at the beach, the event at, at the National Guard. I mean, it it feels like Mike Morris is going to step into that role and kind of be that dude. I I like everything I've seen out of Chris Jenkins. I think he's got a great personality and a big a big role ahead of himself where he could play a lot and, and be a leader. Um, there's a few guys, even like, I'm, I mean, I'm telling you, dude, even a guy like Junior Colson, who's just a true sophomore, that dude's going to be on the field nonstop. And so you wonder what that's going to look like, R.J. Moulton in the back end. I think they've got... They've got a lot of guys who can step up and be and be vocal and, and push that defense. But this off. is
1: D-line specific, so you're going with – Oh, you said just defensive line. Just defensive line.
0: Who on that defensive it's Mike line? Mike Morris then. It's Mike, Mike Morris. Morris for me, and I think that, that was the first guy I said. It was the first guy that came to mind I'd missed – I missed the caveat of only on the D line. So, yes, I was. right there. I'm in the same boat. You you had mentioned Chris Jenkins. That's where my mind went
1: to. I saw that on social media. He just kind of put out 290 pounds. That's what he's entering uh, fall camp as. And so, you know, he's pushing 300 bills. He's going to be up. I mean, he looks. We were seeing. I saw him do the jump rope when we were at that Flint event. And the dude was jumping rope with, like, popcorn in his hand. The guy just looks like a physical specimen. There's a reason why. What, they, what do they call him? The, the Mutant. The, the Mutant. I mean, oh, how can you not be big time nickname. on the D-line when they call you the Mutant? I'm going with Chris Jenkins on that one. Fire that away. Is, Let's go.
0: That is such a good nickname. All right. Oh, that's a great question. I have a little bit more of a specific one. It's just a okay. number. It's a number question. We've yeah. talked about it before. I've given my pick. I don't think I'm going to change it as I answer this. It's similar to, to what we just talked about. It's going to be a lot of them same names. Who leads this team in sacks, man? After losing Hutchinson, after losing Ojabo, who's going to step up and be the team leader in sacks this year? You know what? I,
1: I am – this is actually – I'm going to go out on a limb on this one, and I'm going to piggyback off of you a little bit, only because we've spent some time with him. You were talking about him first. I've started paying attention to him a little bit. I think Jalen Harrell is going to be just an absolute beast on the defensive side of the ball. Physically, he looks quick. He looks like a monster. I think that guy is going to become a household name by the end of the
0: season. Give me Jalen Harrell. Jalen Harrell has been my guy. I've been on him for a is while. Is it Harrell or Harrell? I, I, Harrell? I always say
1: it's Harrell. Jalen Harrell. Harrell. I mean, I, you Give know, me Jalen Harrell.
0: Uh, Jim Harbaugh pronoun- mispronounces guys' names all the time. You're in, you're fine. You're I'll in be good okay.
1: I'm in good company then.
0: Give me Jalen Harrell. I, I've said it before. He looks like a... You know, he looks like an overblown running back in the 32 jersey. He's four. He's, yeah. he's 245, he's cut. He looks like an athlete. And I think he's going to be used in a lot of really interesting ways in this defense. I see somebody asking right there, Matt Kirby, will the defense have more blitz packages with the departure of Ojabo and Hutchinson? That's what we were told. We were told, look, you <laughs> don't get it twisted. I'm not saying you'd much rather have a team without Hutchinson and Ojabo. That's asinine, clearly. Clearly. But when you've got two guys like that, they don't do anything else other than rush the passer. And uh, they were really freaking good at it. It was incredibly effective. Like, So that's what you want them to do. But when you've got guys who can all of a sudden drop back into coverage or now you've got some twists and stunts happening or you've got second level blitzes or safety blitzes, you don't need those guys to just go, go, go after the quarterback all the time. You can ask them to do some other things and you don't lose anything. If you ask Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo to not rush the passer, that's dumb. So that's all they do. With this defense, I think you're going to see some more multiple approaches, and I think that could be a good thing. So that's that's what we were told, and it makes sense. Told by a player. By a player. By a player. Oh, that's a great
1: question. All right, man. Question number two for you. Simple one here. Who starts who starts opposite of DJ Turner at the Just corner position? A little bit of a Boston accent broke through it who, who starts hey, at hey, Who's gonna be starting opposite DJ Turner? <laughs> Is that even Boston? I don't know
0: what the hell that was. That was Boston. Who starts at Connor? Boston. Um I think it's Jamon Green out of the gate. I you know, I mean he's he's got start experience. He's done it before. I think Will Johnson's gonna make a lot of noise. He's gonna be hard to keep off the field. You know, I, you know, in today's in today's version of college football you you need multiple corners on the field all the time it's not just one guy over there one guy over there and that's how you roll like back in the 80s and 90s so i think i do think if you're asking was your was your question specific to just the beginning of the year or like all year i don't even know
1: specific to the beginning of the year by the time fall camp comes to an end who's it going to be opposite of dj
0: turner I th- I'll go with Jamon green, but I do, I think Will Johnson is going to be right there. And if it's him, if we see that deuce out there, I would not be surprised physically.
1: He looks, he already looks like he's been in the program for a couple yeah. of years. Another guy, he's got the, he's got the height, the length, the build. Yeah. I'd be surprised if, uh, he might, it might not start out that way, but I'd be surprised if number two didn't find himself into a starting role. before. Oh, that's a great <laughs> question.
0: <laughs> I got another similar one. I'm going to Let's the other side of the ball. It's, feels like there's kind of a gimme answer here, but okay I like I gimmies I think it kind of speaks to it kind of speaks to why the question is pertinent. Who leads the team in catches when this year's all said and done? I think it's gotta be Ronnie Bell. I mean right? based but, on, but but there's like four other dudes
1: who you can yes. like be him. You know what there there are, but what we've heard about Ronnie Bell is post injury he's faster He looks better, you know, coming off the injury than he did before the injury. By all accounts, it sounds like Ronnie Bell. They called this season bag season for a reason for a guy like Ronnie Bell. I think we got a taste of it week one last year against Western Michigan. What things were going to look like. He was making one-handed catches. He looked like the best player on the field. I think the version of Ronnie Bell we're going to get this year is
0: going to put him in the spot to be the number one receiver by the time it's all said and done. Game day, Ronnie. We heard about this. Game day, Ronnie this mode he goes into where he's just ready to kill everybody in front of him. I love that. Love it. Love the fact that he's bigger, faster, stronger than he was before the injury. Like that's insane to me, but it, like, that's not a fudgeable thing. That's not just coach Harbaugh saying, no, he looks better. They were like, no, his miles per hour. Personal record is higher. Now his three cone shuttle drill is faster. Now that's not something that you just say like, yeah, he looks good. Like that's a measurable improvement from where he was pre-injury. That seems crazy to me but that's where he's at and that's that's so encouraging man they did they did show a picture of him today uh, with with some hardware he's got a big old knee brace on yeah. i'm curious to see if that'll be an all the time thing or if that's a preventative thing in practice you know it, gone are the days where a guy comes back from an ACL and he's got a damn you know brace from his thigh to his shin like that's not how it do- that's not how it works anymore guys are back from that thing in 8 or 9 months and they don't wear anything and they're ready to roll so Interested to see what he looks like, and I'm with you. I will say Ronnie Bell, but could it be Andrell? Could it be Eric All? Could it be Roman Wilson? Could Could it it be one of eight guys? Yes. It's so exciting and kind of speaks to the the depth in that position at at wide receiver for sure, but the weapons just in general. But I'm with you. I'll go with Ronnie. That
1: could not be a more perfect segue into the next question. I a question. Which is, Brandon, will the Michigan offense utilize – all of the weapons at its disposal in 2022. We talked about the list, Marion Walker, Darius Clemens, Ronnie Bell, Andrew Anthony, Cornelius Johnson. I mean, is this Michigan offense going to look different than it looked in 2021? Or are, can we expect pretty much the same thing we saw last year?
0: Why are you going to do that? You're making me look like I'm, a dick. So yes. yes that's, yeah. No, I don't think it's going to look much different. I think it's going to be, you know, a heavy dose of the run game. I mean, it, it. dude, the schedule just sets itself up so easily to do exactly what they did last year. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. I mean, and you could do a hell of a lot better than giving it to Blake Coram and Donovan Edwards 50 times. Let me tell you, like, it's that's going to work. That's that's going to work. The O-line is good. They're all home games. I mean, it's. I, I just don't see it changing that much when what they did last year worked so well and allowed them to accomplish everything they'd been trying to accomplish for six years. So, no, unfortunately, even with a stable of stud wide receivers and two all Big Ten-type tight ends and two super dynamic running backs who can catch the ball out of the backfield, I don't think you're going to see some drastic change. I really don't.
1: Uh, (sighs) Here's here's all I'll say. Here's all all I'm going to say is that Yes, the first four weeks sets up perfectly for them to run Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum until the wheels fall off. But that is going to be there and available all season long for me. And with this, it's going to sound like a broken record because I'm going to go back to what I was saying at the beginning of last year. These first four weeks are a luxury where you can use that to really get this passing game up and running so that. Towards the latter part of the year, when you're down in Columbus or you make it to the college football playoff and you're up against the Georgia or a Bama, you've got a passing attack that you know can keep up with a program like that. I think Donovan Edwards and Blake Corm are known commodities. I think this offensive line is a known commodity. If they can get that passing game up to speed and utilize the top five or six guys in a way that is a lot better than last year. I think this offense is going to be so much better off for it in the long term. But I mean I also agree with you that we're going to see a lot of running the ball the first quarter.
0: Well, and we took the quarterback battle off the table for this little segment. It's that's a huge part of it. There's no doubt. Yes. Yeah. We'll we will see. A Couple new guys calling some plays back there, maybe, you know, I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see how that looks. It's interesting because you've got the quarterback's coach, who's one of the OCs, and the O-line coach, who's the other O.C. I don't know, man. A lot of options, a lot of potential ways it could go. An embarrassment of riches, I think is what they call it. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. All right, last one. Oh, that's a great question. Chris, a gift from the football gods. Oh. How much is Kenneth Grant going to play this year as a true frosh?
1: Well, I, I mean, when you put a label on him like that, as as Jim Harbaugh apparently did, I mean, we know he put the label out there. We're, we're assuming it's Kenneth Grant, correct? We're, we're kind
0: of piecing some things There's together much here. There's not of when you ask the player <laughs> and he's like, it's Kenneth Grant. It's <laughs> Kenneth Grant all day, every day. Correct. This is why. Here's the reasons.
1: I mean, when you put a label on somebody like that, how can they not play? And I think it's, you know, it's... Uh, We'll see, because I'm always iffy about freshmen. I go back to, like, Andrew Anthony last year, who I thought was going to be explosive. He's going to get the ball in his hands a lot. We saw what he could do against Michigan State. And then at the end of the year, he finished with, like, 11 receptions. And so I think it's going to lead to him playing a lot. But, again, he's a freshman, and this is a loaded roster, so we'll see. But anytime somebody describes you as a gift from the heavens, a gift from God, how can you keep a gift from God on the sidelines? You just can't do it. 6'4",
0: 350, runs a 4'9". Strong as Mozzie, we were told. I don't know if I be. I don't know if I buy that. I <laughs> mozzie Smith could move my house if I needed him to. Like, I, I mean, <laughs> but that's the kind of stuff that's being said about this kid. Yeah. And he just got here in, in June. I mean, we're not talking about a guy who was in, you know, in, in the program lifting weights and working out since January. This is a this is a traditional enrollee. Been on campus about a month and a half. That's it. And um but they need they need help up there, so that's why yeah, yeah. there's the potential. Like you mentioned, Andrell last year, well, he's you know he's behind four or five dudes. He's not really at a position of need. Uh, Kenneth Grant's at a position of need. That's they true. They need yeah. some help up front alongside of Mozzie Smith. Maybe it's Julius Welshoff. Maybe it's Rayshon Benny. Chris Jenkins, I think, is a little more of a movable piece. You're not talking about a 330 pounder. 290 is not small, and he's certainly put together. But he's not he's not 350. That he's not the same kind of guy as a Mozzie or a Kenneth Grant. So I'm interested to see what that looks like. And yeah, when you get labeled like that, you know Jim Harbaugh has watched. Look, man, Jim Harbaugh has seen as much football as anybody coaching, dude. If he's calling a, give, a kid a gift from the football gods, like I don't think he throws that out very often. I'm, in fact, I wonder if he's ever even said that before.
1: I mean, he I heard, he's pretty that. good at the cliche things. I've yeah. never heard that before, so I think never heard that one. I think
0: Grant's going to be special. There's our three questions. Now it's time for three locks. Three <laughs> locks, dude. And I, I don't, Am I I, like, I? I, I, we, we didn't talk about these, so I don't know what you're about to say. This isn't like, well, oh, Blake Corum will probably carry the ball ten times. Like, all right, that's a lot. I want a lock, but it's like you know, it, it's something that you just feel. Okay, you had a hundred dollars. I'm putting a hundred bucks on this because like it's yeah. going to happen. It's yeah. going to happen. Three locks. Chris, I will start first this time. How do you feel about that? Go ahead. Lock number one, Blake Corum scores double-digit touchdowns.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a given. He's going to touch the ball a lot. I think Michigan's going to play a lot in the red zone, and he's going to factor into that. So, uh, yeah, I what did he have last year? I don't he have the numbers. 11. Yeah, so, so like,
0: I – right. That's, yeah, this, see the, the reason why this one is interesting because he had we had twelve actually he had, he had the recept the receiving touchdowns one to start season yeah. off and then eleven rushing touchdowns. It's just it, and I'm one of them. People are so high on Donovan Edwards for good reason. It's all of a sudden like somehow Blake Corum is almost a forgotten guy, and I'm like, dude, put Blake's highlights on from last year real quick again and, and remember what he was doing. Before he got a little bit dinged up and Hassan went, you know, all Hercules on everybody. Like, yeah. I, dude, do you remember what I said at the beginning of last year? I was oh, yeah, like, that I, we would be fine if Hassan never
1: touched the ball again.
0: For I was the like, I don't the- know how you take Blake Corum out of the game ever. Yeah. And then there, here's Hassan Haskins has a, an absolute incredible season. So I just think Blake Corum is a stud. I know you do, too. We've been high on him for a long time. I think he scores double-digit touchdowns even if Donovan Edwards is like in there a lot. And I think he's going to be, I think they're both going to be in there a lot. Yeah. That's well, one of my
1: locks refers to those two guys. Uh, We'll get to that in a minute here. I'm just going to come right out of the gate and say it. Michigan is going to beat the shit out of Michigan state. That is a lock Count it. If I had cash in my pocket, I'd put it on the table right now, slide it over to you and say, take it to the bank. There is no way that the University of Michigan is going to allow the Michigan State Spartans to come into the big house and have Mel Tucker go 3-0 and against Jim Harbaugh. It's just not going to happen. Not only is Michigan going to beat Michigan State, but they're going to have to make sure it's convincing. They got to get those slappies in East Lansing to calm down a little bit, quiet down a little bit. They're a little too big for their britches. That's going to be an ass-whooping Come October, believe it. it.
0: It certainly needs to be. I just put up an article yesterday about the things that Eric all said that kind of stuck out to me in Indy. Somebody asked him about Michigan State. He said, he first said, we got to beat those guys. Then he was like, we just got to beat them. Like, dude, it was he almost wanted to flip the table over. He was like, yeah. he talked about maybe implementing a Michigan State drill to go along with the Ohio State drill. Obviously, they're the in-state rival. Like, it's as important as any game on the schedule, Chris. You've been pounding that drum for a while. It's a must win. It's must Definitely. win. You can't go to 0-3 against Mel Tucker. You can't. You get him at home. You got to do it. You got to do it. I know someone said, what about 2020? Yeah, that was a shit show, man. Never should have happened. There's no other way to put it. Last year, yeah, you crumbled. You're up 16 late. You should have won. It can't happen again. You got to beat them, and you got to beat their ass. There's no doubt about it, man. That's got to be a win-win-win, like an easy, convincing type of situation, and that. By the way, twenty-five thirteen wrote it down for a new drop. I'm gonna whip it out, slide it over to you, see what you think. I'm like, you yeah. know what? Hey,
1: listen. I before we go on to the next one, Cody, I do have to say, listen. Anybody who says that is is bullshitting you or it's, it's just a Michigan fan who doesn't want to acknowledge the reality of the situation. No, come the MSU game matters. And the fact that people are using joking, what happened, right? what he is, he is, but he, that's because he's, he's around on the social media pages and he can see <laughs> what some of the fans say. This idea that Michigan basically doesn't have to beat Michigan State to get to a Big Ten title because look at what happened last year. People forget that Michigan needed help from Purdue after they lost that game. They didn't control their own destiny. They needed help. So using that as a recipe for success and how to get to the Big Ten championship, championship—that's you cannot lose repeatedly to your in-state rival. I don't know how to make that any more clear. And the fact that people don't understand that is just confusing to me.
0: Brandon, yeah. your turn. Oh, on my question or my my lock, you mean? Yeah, my lock, lock. Yeah, lock.
1: Throwing it back.
0: This is, uh, I, I think this one's even, eh, this one feels just as locky as Blake Coram's double digit touchdowns. Junior Colson will record more than a hundred tackles. Lock it up.
1: Yeah. Lock uh, it up.
0: Yeah. He's just too. There. I feel like I say this about
1: a lot of these guys on this team heading into this year, but Physically, Junior Colson just looks like he is ready to destroy people on the football field. Looks like he was built to do that. I would be surprised if he's not well over 100 tackles. He had, I think, 63
0: last year, and he he wasn't like an every single down guy. He only started four games, I think. He's going to start every single game this year. I don't know if he's ever going to come off the field. He's athletic enough to be in there on passing downs. He's big enough to blitz. He's certainly aggressive enough to be in there on short yardage. I, I just don't think you ever bring him out. And so yeah, I think he I think he's gonna I think he's gonna fly past that number. I think he's gonna have well over a hundred tackles this year. So Absolutely. that's that's a lot right there.
1: Dude looks the part. He certainly looks the part. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm on number two, right? Number two. Yes. Uh look, man. Mozzie Smith. Lock It Down is going to record his first career sack in 2022. The guy is too big physically. He looks too dominant. I find a hard time believing that he's not going to somehow, way, shape, or form, find his way to the quarterback
0: multiple times this upcoming season. Just like with Ronnie Bell, Ramazi Smith, this is bad season. It's It's honestly weird to me that he doesn't have one yet. It's just like last year at one point when everyone was like, Eric all hasn't scored a touchdown before. It's like, wait, what? Really? And you kind of start thinking back and you're like, damn, he, d- Eric all doesn't have a touchdown. How is that possible? I feel the same way about Mozzie Smith right now. I'm like, how? oh my God, he doesn't have a sack. Like, how's that possible? So I I'm with you. I think, I think he's going to be on the field a ton as well. He's, he's going to stop him. He's who's
1: going to
0: stop him. him. He's got to look. I think you could put him out there in the suit that he had on in Indy, and he'd still get a sack, dude. Like he's he's ready, dude. He is ready to make some plays and be a leader and and, and really I think wreck some offenses. I think he's gonna wreck some offenses at some time at, at a couple times this year. He just looks that yeah. he looks that prepared for it. I would call that a lock as well. All right, here's my last one. This might be Well, dude, I don't know. This is why you put them out there. This is why you roll the balls out there. But I think Michigan wakes up, rolls out of bed, and wins 10 games this year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It it would be – it sounds like a lot when you're just talking about it. You're like, well, 10 games, that's pretty lofty. And then you go and you look at the schedule and you try to pick out where the losses would come from. And it's hard to see a scenario where Michigan doesn't get to at least 10 wins. So, yeah, I'm of the belief that they're going to be – that they're going to go into Columbus. Well – How about this? Let me push pause on that because that's going to be one of the things that I talk about later. Yes, I think that's a lock. 10 wins is a lock.
0: All right, there you go. All right, here
1: we go. go? Now, listen, I've got two remaining. Two remaining because I felt so strongly about these, and I'm just going to give them to you. One, this lock, Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards will rush for a combined 2,000 yards this season. I don't know how they get there. I don't know what the split is, but... Hassan Haskins and Blake Corum accomplished that in 2021. Wow. I'm pretty sure that Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum are going to take things to another
0: level. So you put that in a lock cat? I think it's pretty likely. It doesn't feel Look like... Look
1: at the a- way Michigan runs their offense. Yeah. It, a lock.
0: That that is going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I like it. I, I like it. And I think it's pretty good. I don't know if I'd call it a lock. But I also wouldn't call it a long shot. Well, Brennan, a let's, there let's see
1: how number 3B tickles your fancy here. Okay. Uh, I did a 3A and a 3B. Uh, this one I don't know that fans are going to like, but I feel like this is, well, I feel like it's a lock. We talked about Michigan, the 10 games, what they're going to get to, what the schedule looks like. I think Michigan is going to lose one of these games, either oh, to cool. Iowa, Penn State, or Ohio State. I don't see a scenario where Michigan goes three and zero against those three teams. Well,
0: that, I mean, yeah, probably. It's probably. I mean, uh, unless they go undefeated, unless you think an
1: undefeated that. season is coming, Michigan's going to lose one. There there's no other team on the schedule that they can lose to that they would lose to. It's got to come, and they're not going to lose to Michigan State. That leaves Iowa, Penn State, Ohio State. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll give it to you because it's the segment and it's because what you feel strongly about, but that <laughs> it's going to happen,
1: man. I don't want it to happen.
0: I mean, I putting don't Ohio state in that group feels a little cheap because like they're really freaking good, man. And Michigan's got to go to Columbus, but yeah, I, I, but if they
1: go to Columbus and win that game, I still think there's another be loss in there do. somewhere and okay. it can't come from Michigan state. Okay, fair enough. There but you have Terry, it. Terry Trevino, I will say this: Michigan 11 and 0 going into Columbus. That is about as realistic as a possibility it is as it's been over the last two decades. I mean, I think most people, even Phil Steele, when he put out his college football preview, is leaning towards Michigan going to Columbus 11 and 0. And if that's the case, man, this you know you talk about some of the big matchups between these two programs over the years. It's going to be a big one, big one in Columbus.
0: All right, Chris. These are going to be the fun ones. This is where we're going to ruffle a few feathers. This is where we're going to pe- get people calling us idiots, and I'm excited for it. Do you want to start, or do you want me to start our long shot prediction segment here? Long shots. Boy, no way, boy.
1: I'll get us. Let me just kick it off. Let me just get right, us going. Let
0: me let me get it right
1: out of the way because it, it's kind of you know I picked three teams there that I think Michigan is going to lose to, but goddamn it, Brandon, Ohio State's not going to be one of them. Michigan goes to Columbus this year. And puts the streak to bed. They've lost nine you know straight what? on the road. Have not won in Columbus since what? Two thousand. I'm not the were even bored. Most I'm not hitting the button.
0: Bored. I have a button that says "No way, ain't no way." I'm not hitting the button because I actually want that to happen, and that's I don't happening. Want, I don't want any bad juju around that button. If is I that really
1: it. out on a limb? Is that a, that's? Uh, I mean, yeah, it I it mean, is. when you haven't what? That's when why? it's been when yeah. it's been twenty three years, twenty two years, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I think that's out on a limb, I do of it,
1: averages. I mean, at some point, Michigan has to win at it. Columbus. You just got to do it. Do and it. and if they don't, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit later. But this team is pretty damn confident. I think. We're gonna get uh, into
0: that. Yeah, we're gonna get into that. That's our that's our next topic coming out of this. I, I like it, I, and I think Michigan can certainly do it. And th- and, and here's the thing, and what we're gonna get into. They think they can do it. They know they can do it. And so that's that's key. That's yep. key, that's clutch, that's big. And so we'll, uh, yeah, we'll see what that ends up looking like. All right, I, I mean, this is a small one. This is a small one. I'm going to go out on a limb. It's hard to do. It's hard to predict. We've seen this over the years when I make the game, you know, specific game predictions. Young Will Johnson will have at least three interceptions this year.
1: Ooh. Wait, no, wait, boy. That is, I would say what? that's out on a limb. Yeah, sure. that's out uh, on a limb, right? Right. Well, I mean, I don't know. Did you look at the numbers, what the interceptions have looked from the defensive backs over the last couple of years? Yeah.
0: I'll
1: be surprised if he pulls out three, but I mean, you're certainly out on the limb there based upon the fact that we're not sure where he's going to fit into the depth chart. We assume he's going to be playing quite a bit, but man, if he, if he can pull off three picks this year, I think that's not a bad way to start your young career.
0: I'll go with three picks for Mr. Johnson. There you have it. What do
1: you got? All right. Number two, out on a limb. I think it happens, man. I think at some point in the 2022 20, season, JJ McCarthy is the starting quarterback at the university of Michigan. Now, wait, 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 wait. I don't know if Before that lasts because it's the segment, because wait till you hear my <laughs> next one. <laughs> I don't know if it lasts. I don't know if it's a one game thing. If, if they're, if they're, you know, if Cade's got an issue going on, but at some point, J.J. McCarthy is going to start a football game this year. And honestly, I don't know that he gives it up. I don't know when that's going to happen, when that point comes, but when it does, he doesn't give it up. (laughs) Ready to mark it down? Mark it
0: down. Mark it down. August 3rd, 7.38 p.m. You think that's it? J.J. McCarthy will break the Michigan touchdown passing record in 2022. Well, well, then
1: he must be starting week one, right? Is that where you're headed? Is that where
0: you're headed? I told you what was happening with my slider, dude. I told you. My slider is moving to number nine, man. It's moving over there to number nine. That's
1: crazy to
0: me. It is. I
1: am so certain that he won't, even though I'm, I mean, you know how I feel. I want him to. I think he should be. I just,
0: I can't see it happening. That's my that's my that's my out on a limb, that that's a big break, boy. That's break track. it breaking
1: the twenty seven touchdowns. Uh, oh,
0: starting I'm, I'm making, week one. I'm making a note. I hope it's I hope there's an audio file out there. That's one we can definitely use. We said we said we wanted to get a Seinfeld drop. That's your big boy. That's what we're gonna get. <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> grab that one and we're gonna use it often because there you go. that is your big boy. All right, man.
1: Listen this is going to sound crazy to anybody who didn't pay attention to what happened last year, but Michigan wasn't far off. Hold on, Cody, you must be
0: on drugs. If you think I got a problem with fans talking some shit about me,
1: (laughs) have you you ever seen me? Have you been around here before? Oh my goodness. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely not it, Cody. Um, If if you, if you think this feels well, listen, it is out on the limb, but I don't know how far out on the limit is. I think Michigan plays in the national championship game this year. I'm not going to go as far as to say they win it, but they were in the college football playoff last year. We sat down with three guys who stood out and watched Georgia celebrate. Donovan Edwards flat out said, we're going to be in this situation again, and it's not going to go down that way. I think this team's locked in. I think they're confident. I think they get back to the college football playoff and I think they win. The first round of the college football playoff, whether or not they get a natty, I don't know, but they'll be playing in it.
0: Man that, well, that really is going to take the shine off of my last one. You're like, yeah, they're making (laughs) the title game. NBD. (laughs) Well, my last one, I still think it's out on a limb. I still think it's a long shot, but I'm, I cannot, I cannot forget how the big 10 championship game looked. I got Michigan winning by more than 17 in Iowa city. More than seventeen in Iowa City, bro. Wait, no wait. Man.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I you know, th- th- that's the thing. Like, even when Iowa has a dog shit team playing in Kinnick, is just it's always dangerous. There's an X factor there that's hard to account for. So it, it could go. I it's going to go either way. Either Michigan. Here's the thing. It's going to go one of two ways. Either Michigan's going to blow them out, like you say, seventeen plus points, or it's going to be a long, long day. In Kinnick, and, uh, you know, close games in Kinnick don't usually bode well for Michigan.
0: You know what I think? You know what I think it's going to feel almost exactly like? I think it's going to feel almost exactly like going to Wisconsin last year. And then you look up at the end yeah. of the game, they win by like 20. I think phenomenal. it's going to be just like that because it's, all signs indicate that it's going to be a noon game. It's not going to be this nighttime blackout right. crazy environment in Kinnick that we're used to seeing that has bit Michigan before. It's. It feels like it's going to be just your, you know. I don't want to call it a sleepy Saturday afternoon game because that's a big game. It's the first road game. Iowa's no slouch. Kirk Ferentz is going to have those dudes ready, but Absolutely. I think it's going to have a very similar feel. I think Michigan's going to be too much for them. Too talented. Too fast. And it's going to look just like it did against Wisconsin in twenty twenty one. On paper,
1: that, on paper, Michigan should blow them out. But again, the X factor is Kinnick, the stadium, it, the environment.
0: They did win by forty in the Big Ten title game. I mean, like, dude, forty two to three that's a that's lops that's as lopsided as it gets on that on that stage I think Michigan's gonna be ready for that one no matter what I I think they're gonna win no matter when they play it I don't know if it would be by 17 if it was a night game but if it's in the daytime I think Michigan cruises I think they rolled a five and0 on oh that one so there you go no oh, wait no way. that was
1: was pretty good pretty good little I get
0: there I would say I liked it for August 3rd felt good about it on August 3rd. All right, we got a couple more topics to talk about. We've hinted at a couple of them already. We're going to close out with a specific one, so we'll get to that in a minute. But, Chris, you talked about it a little bit with your Ohio State going out on a limb. Michigan's going to go in there to Columbus and get a win. I certainly feel like it's possible. I know the team feels like it's possible. They're confident, and 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 they should be. They, they handled Ohio State last year. It's a different team. It's obviously in the shoe. All that does make a difference, but... This is the most confident Michigan team since What did you say? You said 2000? Yeah, since, I mean since
1: the 2000 team that got it done. I mean, I, I you know, we we have been fortunate enough to spend some time around these guys and just you know, we talked last year heading into the season. The narrative coming out of camp was that the energy was different and the vibe yeah. was different and the culture was different and we spent a lot of time asking, "Well, you know, that sounds good, but how much is that really going to make a difference on the football field? And it turns out it makes a pretty big damn difference on the football field. And if, if confidence and culture and cohesiveness are what helps this team get over the top, I mean, dude, they're about as cohesive and close and confident as they could possibly be right now. And I think Cade McNamara, you know, he mentioned it when he was at big 10 media days, he talked about how big that win over Ohio state was that prior Mm -hmm. to that, it was almost like an anxiety within the team. Like we have to do this and we haven't done it before. So going in, they weren't just up against the Buckeyes. They were up against all of the history and all of the narratives. And it was, it's takes a toll mentally on a team unless you're mentally tough. And Cade basically said, like we're over that hump. Now we believe we can do this. And when you listen to the guys talk, every single one of them believes that they're going to go into Columbus and handle their business. It's not just lip service. And we've, you know, we've followed this team for a long time. I can't remember a group this confident going down to Columbus in 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 quite a while. I mean, we talked about the 2016 team and you know, I know 2016 was confident. They had some good guys on their team, but I think, yeah, Chris, I think you're right. I think the pressure's on Ohio state. I think the Wolverines are going to come in confident believing that they're going to win that game. And if they go in with an 11-0 record, I mean, you're you're looking at a Michigan team that's now going back to a Big Ten championship and quite possibly, likely, the college football playoff. And to just see this program at this spot, I you know, this is everything that Jim Harbaugh has been building towards. We didn't know that the team was going to get there. We didn't know that he was going to be able to get there. But they're here now. And you can see it and you can feel it when you're around them. Again, most confident team that... Michigan's going to send down to Columbus. I think in two decades.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. And I, I think it's, I think it's real. I think it's warranted. I think it's, and you know, you kind of, you know, on the flip side, you gotta, you know, what's Ohio state thinking? They're like, do we got our ass kicked last year? You know, that's a confident group. They're, they're as talented as anybody in the country. They're going to, they're going to be fired up and foaming at the mouth for that game in their own house. But dude, that's, some of that, it's it's only a year. Do not confuse me. This is, they are not feeling what Michigan has been had been feeling for two decades. Like you said, damn near, you know, sprinkling a couple wins here and there. But there's something there. There's something there when your last meeting with a team was was as dominant as it was by Michigan. You know, that was in Ann Arbor. It was the snow. It was the running the running game. All that. I get it. But that's there. That's there. That's in the back of the minds of those guys. I mean. I'll, I'll flip it this way. I, I'm, I, I edited the video earlier today. I haven't posted it yet, but Mozzie Smith talked about the Kenneth Walker performance. And he said, damn, he's like, were we there? Were we out on that field? Like, how does that happen? How do we let a guy do that? And Ohio State's thinking the exact same thing about Michigan. How did we let Hassan Haskins do that? How did we let that offensive line bully us around the whole day? How did we never stop them on third down? How did Hassan run for so many first downs when they needed them? And then you throw in the other big plays and A.J. Henning and the blocking by Eric All out on the perimeter and all of that, dude. And I don't see any reason why they're not going to be able to do a lot of that same stuff again. They're going to have the running backs. They're going to have the athletes. They're going to have the beef up front maybe even better when you talk about Olu being at center i'm super excited to see that i can't remember the last time i was excited to watch a center play but i am i'm excited to see how good he looks there and what that defensive line i'm sorry what that offensive line can do to other defensive lines because they imposed their will on teams last year and it was it was a sight to see we both wanted them to open it up we both wanted him to throw it a little bit more we wanted jj to play more but damn it there was something beautiful and glorious about watching number 25 score 5 touchdowns against Ohio state. And they're going to feel that same way going into this one, even though Hassan is gone. Hey, Blake and Donovan aren't too bad. Uh, <laughs> they'll be okay. They'll be just fine. And, and Michigan's going to feel that way. Sharone Moore is going to be confident that O-line group is going to be confident. And uh, you know, I, I'm just super excited about what that game's going to look like. That's a little ways off down the road. I don't want to get there too fast. Well, I mean, it's, what? We're, it's 112 days away. It's not that far. It's fun to start talking about it now because there's a very real chance. I mean, dude, college football almost never goes according to plan. So the idea of them both being 11 and 0 in that one and probably pretty slim, but it's possible. And that has not been the case in a long time and that's damn exciting. And so that's why I think people are talking about it already. I think Michigan's going to be favored in every game they play until that one, and I think Ohio State is going to be favored in every game like they usually are. So you know, that's that's what Vegas said is going to happen. Now, is it going to play out that way? We'll see. But Let me
1: ask you this, though. Are, are we now at a point? I know it was only one year, but are we now at a point in the rivalry between these two programs where it's a fair expectation to expect Michigan to compete with Ohio State like they belong on the football field? Like, we, there's no going back at this point, right? There, can, there can't be any more ass whoopings to the Buckeyes. Like, I feel like this was a, you know, a six-year buildup, and now that it's here, Michigan can't go back to looking like a completely inferior program to Ohio State, regardless of what the outcome is in Columbus. Michigan has to show up for that game. They have to show up. They have to play them tough. And then, you know, whatever happens after that happens. But I feel like last year was – I i went back and I watched, I watched um, our broadcast, our post-game broadcast after the Big Ten championship game. And I said specifically, like – this is the bar now. There's no going back. This is what you know. Prior to that year, we we had said we were pounding the drum that this is the expectation for Michigan football. When a lot of fans were saying like, "Well, you can't expect to compete with Ohio State because they cheat and they do this." And eight win seasons are great. Well, bullshit. Don't nobody's me, don't get us started
0: on that nonsense again. Nobody's
1: yeah. happy with that. And it's amazing to see now that Michigan finally got over the hump. Who among the fan base is pounding that drum now? Nobody. The belief is that Michigan's going to be 11 and 0 going to Columbus. They should be 11 and 0 going into Columbus. And, And this is the standard now. So again, doesn't, obviously I want Michigan to win and I hope that's the case, but at the very least the Wolverines need to go down to Columbus and they need to compete. Well, here's what I've always
0: said about that. You know, Michigan's, we've talked about this before. Michigan's always been right there with recruiting, not, not quite on the level of Ohio state, but second or third in the Big Ten every year. They get their dudes. They get a five-star here or there. They get a lot of four-stars. They send a bunch of dudes to the NFL. There was never an excuse for Michigan to lose by 30 or 40 points to Ohio State. I'm sorry. There just wasn't. It's one of the reasons why I lost so many followers because I was talking about that exact thing. Jim Harbaugh is messing up, man. He's not doing what he's supposed to do, and he wasn't. Michigan should not lose by 30-plus points to Ohio State in Ann Arbor ever, period. Period. And I've always felt that way. And that's why that whole, well, Michigan's not really going to be competing with Ohio state BS dude. It's BS. It's always been BS. And now Michigan got that win last year. They got it, you know, handily. And so I'm with you. You got to be in that game. Give them a dogfight. maybe win it, lose a close one. You know, like you're not going to suddenly rattle off 12 in a row against Ohio state. They're too good. You're not doing that against any really good team, but, but to your point got to be in it got to be fighting got to be giving it everything and be in the game at the end no more of these lopsided losses man that that those days never should have been there in the first place and they're certainly gone now
1: I will say when we started looking in or when I started digging into this a little bit I was shocked to see that the Buckeyes hadn't lost to a Big Ten team two years in a row since Wisconsin (laughs) in 03 and 04 so Michigan is up against a lot of you know, history that's not in their favor right now. The fact that you know Wisconsin in 0-3-0-4, they haven't won in, in Columbus since two thousand. They're going to have to. They're going to have to conquer a lot of demons. There's a couple. De- well, not a lot. There's a couple demons left over in this rivalry that I think they need to take care of in twenty twenty two. For me to feel like okay, they're back now. This is the level that they're going to perform at, and I think they have the team to do that. I really think they've got the team to do that. They've got the confidence to do it. Um, if any team can knock off the Buckeyes two years in a row, it's this Michigan Wolverine squad.
0: Yeah. I don't think anybody be... else is
1: equipped to do it.
0: And no, you're right. And that's, that's the way they have to be thinking about it. That's the way they have to be looking at it. And they are, I, I truly, truly believe that they are. I truly believe that all those dudes think they can go into Columbus and win that game. And I don't know if that has been the case in a long time. You know, you, you, you stick a microphone in front of a kid, they're going to say it but, but really truly believing it in here and in here. I don't know if Michigan's been in that boat for a while. I mean, dude, like we've all played sports before you, dude, you know, if you're going up against someone who's just better, you do. You're not going to say it outwardly. You're going to have confidence. You're going to give everything you can to try to upset somebody because they happen. Upsets do happen and things play out in weird ways, but they think they can win and they know they can win because they did it. And they think they're going to be able to do it again this year in Columbus. And, that's why it's fun to talk about this, even though it's August. I mean, it's it's going to be there every single day, every single week. It's going to be brought up. I mean, dude, Big Ten Media Days. Every person's asking about Ohio State. Every person's asking about Ryan Day. It's just it's just kind of the way it goes, man. That's that's what comes along with the freaking game, dude. That's how it works. And Michigan's yeah. riding high right now, and you can see that in in Indianapolis. So. Yeah, I think this is the most confident Michigan team in maybe twenty years, man. Certainly, the only other one that's like in the discussion probably would have to be twenty sixteen, right? Because they were really good and they almost got it done there. Yeah, twenty eighteen pretty team too. But in Michigan, but you know what, they have been favored in that one actually. But you know
1: was, what, in twenty sixteen, they weren't coming off of a win in twenty fifteen. No, no. They got their asses sure. kicked at home, so it's a, you know it's a different scenario. These guys now that it's happened, and I go back to Cade. Cade referenced it. I really do think you talked about like. Michigan should never lose to Ohio state by 30 points. That to me is just gives even more credibility to the fact that this was a mental block, a mental hurdle for this team. They just, even though to your point, they might say it in front of the camera and say all the right things. I don't know that these guys ever thought they could legitimately beat this team unless they lucked out. And it it happened. That's not the case this year. They think they can do it. And if you're a fan out there that th- that is confident that Michigan can go into Columbus and get the win, I think it's warranted. I feel more confident about this team doing that than I have in any team in quite some time.
0: Amen, brother. Amen. All right. That's a deep. That's a deep dive. That's a hypothetical down the line. You've got 11 games to play before you even start really worrying about that one. At least in terms of like what it's going to look like on the field. And
1: Don Brown left some people with some PTSD. Yeah. In the comments, for sure. What the whoa, hell is this?
0: Whoa! What whoa. in the
1: hell? Porn? More she porn infiltration?
0: In the... wow, how does that happen? My
1: God. God! Nude He's... adult? Da- well, it's it is a nude adult dating site. I mean,
0: if anybody's interested, let's let's, that's let's that's hear them right. out, Brandon. Let's hear them God. out. Hear all what right. Say. Hey, we're not above <laughs> that. Everybody's <laughs> just out there trying to find theirs, find we're their list.
1: Just, just all of them. Squirrel's trying to get in
0: there. you addicted to sex? The sex addiction or something? <laughs> that person is. All right. No so gosh. that was a little bit of a deep dive uh, way down the line. This one's not so far down the line, and it's very specific, Chris. And this is the last thing we're going to talk about, and then we're going to get out of here. We're approaching an hour. Who scores Michigan's first touchdown this year? <laughs> last year was Blake wow. Corum. I was going to say, yeah. You he know what? 15, 18, 20 yards.
1: You know, so it's
0: like, who, you know
1: who it's going to be? It's going to be Ronnie motherfucking Bell. Bell? Him. I think they are going to make a concerted effort on the first drive to get the ball in his hands, and when they get down towards the red zone, assuming Blake Corum doesn't take 167 <laughs> yards right out of the gate, which is entirely possible, I think this offense is going to make an effort to get the ball into Ronnie Bell's hands, especially considering what happened last year. Give me Ronnie Bell for the first TD of the season.
0: You know, that's got a, that's got a feel to it. That's got a feel to it. That's poetic. It's got, you know, it's got a little, I can bit of, see uh, the
1: team embracing him in the end zone already. Kind of like a, oh shit, we did it. We're back. Let's go.
0: Ronnie just giving you one of these, you know, a little, a little, you know, I, yeah, I can yeah. see all of that. It's coming. It's real cute, Chris. I'm going to Blake Coram. <laughs> I think it's Blake Coram. I, well, I think
1: he, the first time <laughs> he touches the ball is probably going to be
0: zoink, gone. I mean, I just think he's going to, I think he's going to get to, you know, get, get, Going to get to touch the ball a lot in that first game, that first drive. I mean, I don't. Are we even going to see a pass on the first drive? You you no. are assuming they're going to throw the ball on the first drive. We might not see a pass on the first drive. And can I just say something about
1: Blake Corum a little bit? Because you would reference this earlier in the show. It does seem like Blake Corum is kind of like just sitting there in the shadows a little bit with the Donovan Edwards and all the other weapons. Blake Corum. We've also spent time around him. His body is better, but he is carrying himself like a guy who is ready to lead a team. And, and I think that's going to pay huge dividends. I think I think Blake Coram is probably the most important offensive player that Michigan has this upcoming season. And he'll probably be the reason why Ronnie Bell doesn't get the first touchdown to kick off. the I'm
0: marking it down. Damn I'm, you, Blake. Damn you. I'm writing it down right now. 8-3-22. Chris says Ronnie. <laughs> Brandon says Blake.
1: There you have have it. Go wrong with either one of those guys.
0: Nah, nah, and I actually saw if I was, you know, it's funny if I wasn't picking Blake Corum, I still wouldn't pick Ronnie Bell. I'd go Eric All. I'd go Eric All. He's my second most likely person to score that first touchdown. And I saw someone, at least one person, throw that up in the comments. So appreciate you guys getting involved in that. And there's a here's the wild thing. There's like nine dudes where you're like, yeah, I can see it. Like none of those are long shots. Scooney, Eric All. Edwards, Corum, Ronnie Bell, Andra. Like, keep it going, man. JJ uh, the is, Coopers, it, is it AJ Henning on a sweep? jet sweep? Dude, take your pick, man. Take your pick. One of those guys is going to score one. Trent Ronnie, a. Jones there's... in the eighty? <laughs> no, all right, probably not. Seventy-five
1: now. yards over the shoulder. In
0: the, I meant in the number eighty jersey. Remember he rocked. Yeah, the that's 80s? yeah, that's what I'm oh, saying. Though, right. yeah,
1: yeah, throw it to him deep. Let him get on the tight end spot.
0: Yeah, we'll see. We will see. There you have it. There's a a Wednesday night show. Dude, we're like three weeks away from Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. I'm pumped. I'm excited. I can't wait. Thank you again, everybody, for listening as usual. And uh, we will be back in one week's time. Take care, everybody.